Hello and welcome to Curated Spaces, the podcast that explores the stories behind spaces reimagining how we stay, work and play. Join me, Molly Cooper, as I sit down with founders, owners and thought leaders to hear about their journey of bringing a space to life. Great spaces shape our lives. They inspire, nurture and connect us. But most importantly, they bring us together to share life's milestones with the people who mean the most to us. So whether you're a traveller, foodie or design seeker, join us as we celebrate the power of spaces and the brilliant people behind them. Today I'm in East Devon where the sun is beaming down on Glebe House, a gorgeous guest house and restaurant tucked away in the rolling hills of the Collie Valley. Beautifully restored by husband and wife Hugo and Olive Guest, Glebe House is a truly unique foodie retreat with sustainability and creativity at its heart. I'm so excited to welcome Olive to the podcast and hear all about her journey of bringing this absolute gem of a space to life. Olive, welcome. <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me on. It's lovely to be part of this and um, yeah, I'm excited about talking. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> now, before we dive into it, I'd love to hear a little bit about your background, your story. You moved out here three years ago now. Mm-hmm. So what was pre-Glebe life like for you? Hugo and I lived in London. We lived in Brixton and I was sort of 10 years in advertising. Mm-hmm. But it had kind of got to a point where we just thought, actually, we want a little bit of a change of scene. And I mean, the idea had been bubbling for quite some time. It was really kind of like Hugo's dream for a long time. And I was kind of going, oh, I don't know, like <laughs> Devon, like <laughs> who goes to Devon? Yeah. Like, what happens in Devon? But we sort of spent more and more time down here especially like the few years before we came down and I really, really started to fall in love with the area. Like it's in an area of outstanding natural beauty and we're just like three miles from the sea and it's always been a a really happy place for us. Because Hugo grew up here, we had lots of friends who were doing kind of interesting things and we knew about lots of sort of little businesses and this kind of like community that was bubbling around interesting sort of food and craft Every time we came down, we'd just discover more and more of these amazing kind of artists and sort of potters and, you know, people making wine and cheese mm-hmm. and things. And we just thought, oh, my gosh, this this place just needs to be celebrated. Yeah. It became a bit of an aligning of stars. And then when we started to think about having a family, I grew up in the country, as did Hugo. So we thought, actually, we do need to find a way to kind of, we felt like you know, the countryside is home. We want to be able to give that same kind of lifestyle for our children is that we had Mm -hmm. so we didn't really think that it was gonna necessarily materialize but we put in kind of an application for this grant that would help kind of turn this into something quite special so it allowed us to build a bakery build a kitchen garden Mm -hmm. and do all the things that we wanted it to do to turn it into a restaurant that was the dream and when we got permission to do that it was like actually okay now we just need to sort of do all the other bits and do all the sums and it all sort of slowly started to come into fruition just around about that time when we wanted to start a family it felt like a really good time to move down mm-hmm. and Hugo's parents were getting tired from doing the B&B because they ran it as a and b yeah. for 18 years so we sort of thought actually let's continue this thing and let's preserve it but put our own stamp on it yeah because this is actually Hugo's childhood home yeah exactly so that's why we felt it was we wanted to kind of like keep it going because it just it 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 has so much special memories for us and I think that's also why the feedback that we get from people when they come and stay is like it's not like a hotel it's Mm -hmm. like it's a family home and it it has all those things that make you feel at home and because it's still got lots of 
bits and bobs that Hugo had when he was growing up, but bits and bobs mm. that I had and stuff that we've collected. It doesn't feel like a sort of carte blanche place that someone's just turned up to and you can sort of see it's part of a hotel chain. It's like Glebe is Glebe and it's special with all its idiosyncrasies and what I guess Hugo and I have put into it, but also his family and our friends and also the amazing staff that we have because actually it's, we've employ people who you know are very local who live in the village and that's been a really important thing for us because Mm -hmm. it's a sort of community aspect to it and they've known the family for years and years as well so I think you really feel that so I came midweek wasn't expecting it to be you know heaving yeah and I get here the car park's full there's people going off for a run I walk in there's people checking out people finishing breakfast just Mm -hmm. bustle 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 it feels a bit like you know at Christmas when you have your whole extended family come to stay and there's mm. that sort of like organized chaos and everyone's like eating and drinking and yeah. doing their own things it it does feel like sort of coming home home yeah. for like Christmas almost when I first started going up Hugo and coming down it got to a point where every time I came down I was like you've got Hugo's parents had different friends from all over the place and there was just the kitchen table that everyone used to congregate around and it was like, I was like, you could almost just have a soap opera of just like, just <laughs> filming from the kitchen table, just all these different chats and all these interesting people who have walked through the door. And I think that was it. There was like this real spirit of Glebe that we didn't, that we wanted to preserve. And I think, you know, people talk about big renovations and like ripping things out. Mm-hmm. And like, we had to do things like there were certain things we had to do. Like we had to redo all the plumbing and all the electricity because just for the it was a three-bedroom B&B now it's mm-hmm. a seven-bedroom it was a sort of farmhouse kitchen now it's you know doing hundreds of covers a week so there's practical things that we had to just consider when we were doing it but what we really wanted to retain was that thing of kind of it feeling like a family home and you've done it really well that like you wouldn't know that it's gone from three to seven bedrooms mm. in the last few years no I mean that's also like an important thing you want it to feel timeless and we didn't yeah we didn't want anything to feel like it was like of a particular trend or an like an interior trend Mm. or a sort of like one particular style that you could pin on a certain time I think it just it sort of organically has come together I loved going to that because you you've got a bit of an an artist background yeah so how was it to go from painting or creating or like sort of 2d surfaces to bringing a very 3D living, breathing building to life, I guess. So alongside my kind of, um, my career in advertising, I was doing paintings in the evenings and weekends. I probably started about six years ago and it slowly, yeah, turned into kind of like regular work and commissions. Um, And I think that was also part of the the decision with the move to the country. We just, I, it just wanted to be in a space where I felt more inspired especially mm-hmm. as a lot of my work is landscapes and yeah. I'm inspired by the sea and we're so close to the sea so that was a big thing and then obviously with Hugo with his cooking he wanted to have more space to do what he wanted to do with his charcuterie and like you know he was like I can't build a temperature controlled aging <laughs> room in my gar- in like in London and he wanted to keep pigs and do everything kind of like from the start of the process so that all sort of came together in that way. And then, yeah, with the art, I kind of felt like, okay, obviously art and interiors have, like go hand in hand. And I just want to make sure that art here is really considered. And um, um, yeah, we, I sort of like, it's, it's more of a sort of collection over a period of time. And then with the interiors, 
we so like I was really inspired by do you know Charleston House yes. yeah mm-hmm. yeah so we visited Charleston House in, about five years ago and I remember thinking like it actually reminded me of my grandparents house because yeah. my grandmother was an artist and my mum is an artist so I kind of was like I just want to re- recreate that feeling that I feel when I feel so at home and I'm surrounded by things that have had so much love poured into mm. them and so much consideration. So, which is why like, a lot of the pottery and a lot of the surfaces are hand painted. Mm-hmm. I've done some of the surfaces myself and there's definitely loads of sort of cupboards and things like that, that I'm like, Oh, I definitely would like to do a bit more too, but it's, mm-hmm. but that's, what's kind of nice about it. It's evolved. I guess with the whole kind of like pulling everything together, I mean, that was like the starting point, the kind of the Charleston inspiration. And then I worked with one of my friends who's an interior designer to sort of help me bring it all to life and kind of formalise it into sort of drawings and getting kind of schemes together and like, which was really fun. And Mm -hmm. um, it was like a really great part of the process. And as I said earlier, we had like a year to do that before we opened. So it was kind of a really good period where we could really sort of like stop and think how are we going to pull this all together? But we had ideas bubbling probably about six years beforehand. Yeah. So yeah, that side of things was great. And it was quite an emotional thing because Hugo's parents had B&B guests on one day and then they moved out like two days later and then the builders came in and just kind of like had to rip everything up. Wow. And I remember Hugo, because it was his family yeah. home for about 40 years, I remember Hugo just bursting out crying. Oh. And we were like, obviously this is something we've been planning for about six years, but it it just there was definitely a sort of period of like this is this is now our business and Mm -hmm. like shift but what was amazing was actually having Hugo's brothers who obviously grew up here as well I think they were nervous obviously they felt emotional about everything but both of them when they came back had said this still feels like Glebe Mm -hmm. and they absolutely love it and so that validation was just so important to us more than anything Mm -hmm. because we didn't want to kind of destroy anything. <laughs> I so get it. And it's very much, you were taking it into this new chapter. Yeah. Like putting your own sort of flavour and feel into it. Yeah, exactly. But very much it's almost like you're sort of looking after it. Custodians. So yeah. Exactly. Um, definitely it feels like that. You know, we're all actually coming together at Christmas this year and everyone's really excited about it and the menu's already been planned. So. <laughs> okay, what, what's on the menu? Uh, well, it's a batch, it's sort of like a five-day menu and um, there's lots of kind of like whole fishes and wow. there's just lo- lots, of, lots of canapes and it's just... I wouldn't even be able to reel it off. That's the sort of question for Hugo. I'm kind of like, <laughs> I'll leave amazing. that with you. But no, it, it's going to be really fun. And all the grandchildren are the same age. So, well, yeah. similar ages. So oh, that's nice. Six so it really will fit like the Christmas Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Amazing. I'd love to go back to when you actually moved out here. And it was 2020, wasn't it? Yes. Sort of COVID was just kicking off. Yeah. Was there any part of you that was like, oh my gosh, what are we doing? We're, we're upping sticks, we're moving to the middle of nowhere, yeah. we're opening guest house and there's a global pandemic unfolding. Yeah. There was a point where like we just kept on seeing loads and loads of money going out and it was a renovation mm-hmm. and we were sort of like into probably like lockdown three yeah. and we were like, are we just going to be like continually locking down? Are we ever <laughs> going to see this money back? Yeah. It was really frightening. And also I think everyone was feeling it was the first lockdown was lovely because it was all spring and everyone was happy and the daffodils were out. And the third lockdown was like, okay, everyone's done with this. It was miserable. And I think, yeah, we were feeling nervous about everything. There was this, this huge kind of like boomerang that came around once Mm. once we'd opened once that summer that everyone was allowed to yeah I can imagine wasn't allowed to go abroad (laughs) but they were allowed to come to the UK so it was like yeah exactly sweet spot for us so actually we had this amazing first year and we were like we could have 
sold our rooms four times over. So it was it was incredible. Mm-hmm. And we had to learn really quickly and probably made quite a few mistakes along the way. But it was yeah, it was amazing. We have we've had such a good team. We're so lucky we've got like amazing chefs like Sam, we've got our front of house Maisie and a whole load of other people. Our housekeepers are just really, really thoughtful. Because of the people that are around us, we've we've been able to kind of tree this and 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 have lots of lessons learned. <laughs> but we're now into our third year. So yeah. So it feels a lot more kind of, I don't want to say easy, but it feels, it feels like we've got things. Yeah. We've got things under control now. So, um, and is it what you expected in terms of the people that come? What it's like? I think like it's actually, yeah, I think it's exceeded our expectations. Like we only sort of assumed that the restaurant would just be somewhere where people would just come in. Maybe we get a couple of locals, but it would be mostly people we were cooking for would be the house guests, but actually the restaurant, we have regulars, you know every other week and it's it's we're at operating at capacity and it's sort of the busiest it's ever been this summer yeah the the lovely feedback that we get and about kind of the rooms and service it's just it really keeps everyone going yeah I can so imagine and you do quite a lot of other things don't you like your mackerel dinner yeah exactly yeah so that's something that also it was something that we always set out to do but it's definitely something that has grown over time the mackerel fishing was just something that we loved doing and we always had a barbecue after we went mackerel fishing and then it, and then now that's turned into one of our sort of most popular sellout events so I think mm-hmm. definitely in the future we'll be doing a lot more of those kind of like outside dining events because people just people just love feeling connected with yeah. nature and like a nice view yeah um, <laughs> it's that like we're actually all quite simple people just want like nice food and a nice view exactly um so like the cooking courses, like the pasta, the bread, and Hugo's just started doing the salami courses, which are really popular, and the art courses. So that's another thing I wasn't sort of expecting to happen, but it's really, really taking shape, like the art, so sort of selling the art from the house, but also running lots of art courses. I think people can see that this is an inspiring location and space to create. So that side of things, I think we'll definitely be developing mm-hmm. further. Yeah, I think there's this real idea of sort of craftsmanship at the mm. heart of like Hugo's food, the art, the creativity side. Mm. Like even just looking around, it feels like everything is chosen for like really good quality. It's not something you just picked up at Ikea. Yeah. I think that you can really feel that as you yeah. walk through the house. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> and the artwork on the walls, you were saying that actually guests take it home, not as a Yeah, so, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so in the restaurant areas, we've probably got about kind of six artists that we represent most of them are local artists and potters as well and we've mm-hmm. now started doing lampshades from bloomsbury we visited and they make gorgeous hand-painted lampshades but definitely the sort of like pottery and the art is something that people love people love a souvenir and yeah. that's something that we're kind of like growing at the moment it just again started off as something small that we try out but i think yeah the collection is considered and, and the artists that we work with are, are really talented and it all kind of like fits in glee but it's nice because we know that the starlet glebe isn't necessarily sort of like super kind of overthought in terms of where every painting goes that we can just replace it Mm. with new art and it's so lovely to like have art on the walls people come and stay and see it and love it and take it and then it's on another wall and this sort of cycle continues yeah exactly it's nice for the interiors to feel kind of refreshed I mean there are certain places where I'm like no you definitely can't touch that piece and that (laughs) that is going to live there forever yeah but in the conservatory where the walls are white and the dining room and some of the other parts where you've just got just a row of paintings that lends itself to being a bit more flexible 
absolutely it's a bit like the kitchen garden the coming yeah. going of the season yeah exactly yeah. exactly and I'd really like to talk about the kitchen garden actually and maybe food in general yeah totally how much do you get from your like own pigs garden how much do you have to go outside of Glebe for for about six months a year we're self-sufficient in vegetables and then the rest of the year we get everything from sort of local farms mm-hmm. and then we also try and use as much as we can that we've preserved and then all of the salami is from our own pigs. The main course tends to be from local farmers. Mm-hmm. And all our fish is caught locally. It's all within, you know, however many, like 10 miles. And I think you said at the beginning, this was very much sort of Hugo's dream for longer yeah. than it was yours. And was he coming at it from this foodie Yeah, totally. So the actual, the original idea was for it to be more of a sort of uh, a cooking school. And then, which we obviously, we still do our cooking classes, but kind of we managed to sort of then go, well, we need to turn it in somewhere for people to stay. And then we also need to feed people when they're here. Um, So then that's how it turned into a restaurant. And then it's just bits that have just been added on to the idea as we've gone along. It's really great and quite organically, really. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's lovely. Okay. And so Glebe today is bustling, it's busy, it's looking gorgeous. Do you have anything coming up? Any future plans? Yeah, so we put in a cabin last year, which is which is doing really well. I think people really love being kind of like yeah. having the facilities of the main house, like the restaurant, the pool, the tennis court, but also having their own privacy and a nice view. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we'll do another few rooms that are private on the grounds. Gorgeous. And then we've got these barns as well mm-hmm. that eventually we'd like to turn into something we're thinking maybe a produce shop or extended gallery or somewhere where people can do yoga or some somewhere where people can we can do events in the winter and Mm -hmm. things like that because how many events do you do are they mostly summer spring things we do a few weddings a year we do sort of smaller weddings so it's like 40 50 people Mm -hmm. do lots of our smaller experiences but they'll be kind of like 10 people so those will be probably every Every week we'll do a different experience. We do one with Castlewood Wines as well, which is a few miles down the road. So they do the wine tasting and the vineyard tour, and then they have a picnic just down by the cellar doors. So every week it will be a different one. So in the summer it will be mackerel fishing, the vineyard tours, and then we'll do pasta and bread. Um, But in the winter, it just tends to be the ones that are more kind of indoorsy, Mm -hmm. like the art courses and the food courses. Yeah, so actually having a little inside yeah. bit to have your indoor feasting. In the yeah, winter. exactly. Yeah. yeah, gorgeous. Well, it's been such a pleasure having you on, Olive. Thank Before you. we go, we've got a quick game of dream spaces for you to play. <laughs> so money's no object. You've just won the lottery, cashing in your cheque. You get your pick of three spaces. You can visit them or maybe they're dream places. So what would be the place you'd escape to to get away from it all and detox? Oh, that's such a good question. I would have to say I'd go back to Japan we went there just before we got married mm-hmm. and I just, I love Japan. Yeah. We went skiing in North, but there were all these amazing onsens. And then I was just reading a magazine the other day and I saw this incredible woodland cabin with an onsen outside, just glass floor to ceiling. And I just love to go there and just yeah. spend kind of a week just oh reading like <laughs> and chilling out. Yeah. Wow, I love that Japan. I wasn't expecting. Okay. This one's a bit more maybe fun. Where mm. would you host your ultimate birthday party? Well, I've got in my head this place that I want to go back to. Hugo and I were doing a coastal walk just in Cornwall, Gorenhaven, mm-hmm. and 
we just walked past this incredible house. I think it was a National Trust house. Gorgeous. And it's it's like a dream house, but it's just right on the cliff. And then it's got its own private beach. I think it sleeps about 20 people. Stunning. And um, so I've still got it in my head. I want to have my fortune there. It's coming. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I love yeah. that pile in, settling. Yeah. Gorgeous. Okay, final one. Your once in a lifetime bucket list trip. Where are you going? And are you staying anywhere particular? I would love to go to Nepal. <laughs> I haven't been there and I just I've got all these photos of my parents after they got married of them walking and me and Hugo have done a bit of hiking we hiked around New Zealand after we got married and mm-hmm. I just that's one place that I really really would love to go to mm-hmm. and explore I just yeah. think the landscape's really beautiful that's amazing. <laughs> we haven't had Nepal yet that's a first yeah I love it okay well thank you so much Olive thank it's you such a pleasure Oh, nice to speak to you. Thank you so much for for your time and having me on. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Curated Spaces podcast. For more information and content around any of the spaces we feature, head to our website or Instagram. And don't forget to subscribe to have new episodes delivered straight to your inbox every Wednesday. And if there's a special place in your life that you'd like to hear on the Curated Spaces podcast, please do get in touch as we are always on the lookout for more brilliant spaces to share with the world.